Every time you do a trailer read, you have to be like, nope, this is how it's supposed to sound. If you don't like it, screw you. But this is what it is. <laughs> Getting feedback from someone, choosing not to take it personally, is actually very freeing. And I find for me that I do the worst when I'm trying to give somebody what they want. It's like the modern version of the the two people inside of a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Times are changing. We want different voices. We want different races. We want more female voices. I think it's a beautiful thing. And there is something about the strength in numbers that has been really emboldening. Lying on the floor, flopping around like a, <laughs> like a fish for 45 minutes. We work in isolation booths. So if we, <laughs> if we don't want to be isolated, we should leave those booths. Never think, uh, I hope he asks me to be, I hope he pitches me to whoever, whatever he's, like if you think that way and you're just trying to use people. Blah, 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 blah. Oh my God, that's him. Wow, you got the part. Hired on the spot. Yeah. Pilots my meat suit. I've only heard really bad things about Jamie. Right. Well, yeah, that know, makes sense. That, that makes sense. Watch the <laughs> though. Instead of trying to figure out how to get into it, I just brought a bunch of people together that none of us knew in the industry. Stop wiping expectations on any audition. As soon as you start telling stories and having actors touch people's heads and hearts with their performances, you're going to have people that are going to want to connect to the people behind those voices. You're going to get a lot more no's than you get yeses, and I, that's true for me today. Hello everyone, welcome to the podcast. Uh, it's been a little while since our last episode, and that's by design actually. We want to uh, have enough time to pass so that we can talk about what we've been up to in the intervening period, how the voiceover industry is changing and adapting to COVID and how it changes just naturally anyway over time. Today we're talking about, primarily we're talking about home studios, and we also cover a little bit about our upcoming conference, Karin and myself are putting on the Vocation Conference, now labelled eVocation because we're online rather than in person for obvious reasons. Um, this is a conference devoted to the business of voiceover. Everything to do with running and operating and growing your business as a voice actor. All kinds of classes and panels and networking opportunities and that's taking place next month. So there are a few tickets left if you want to join us. Uh, just go to vocationconference.com for those. I'm going to stop waffling on and get straight to the action. Um, not much to tell you in terms of prep. It's all fairly self-explanatory. Um, I want to thank our guests today, Maria, Rob, Joey, Karen, and it's a good time. So hopefully you learn a bit, have fun joining our conversation, and I'll see you soon. The National Zoo. <laughs> because sometimes you just need to stroke a llama. Instagram. Download it and start embarrassing your teenagers today. Resolve spot and stain. Because the dog's gonna drag his butt on the carpet. He just is. Engage the droid army with this Lego Star Wars Republic fighter tank. Hi, it's J. Michael Collins. And these are just a few examples of the first-class demos my team and I are producing. If you'd like to have something similar, visit jmcvoiceover.com and click on the Demo Production tab to find out more. The voiceover business is more than just acting. It's a business. Voice actors are auditioning, negotiating, engineering, branding, connecting to sessions from home, and doing thousands of things every day to put them in the best position to succeed. So how do you learn about the business of the voiceover business? That part is easy. The Vocation Conference Online, eVocation. September 11th through the 13th, join experts in the voiceover industry for classes, talks, panels, and forums on the business of the business. For more information and tickets, visit vocationconference.com. We are recording uh, sort of middle of August 2020 right now, and we're a few months into this 
horrendous pandemic. So it's a good time to sort of check in to see what you guys are up to and how you are doing with work, with life. Um, so Karen, how are you doing? Well, I moved across the country <laughs> from New York to Southern California. And um, I brought my family here. My mother-in-law moved here. We moved a mile away from my parents and it has been great. It's been great. I didn't actually even mention it to all of my clients because it wasn't really relevant. I unplugged in New York and plugged into a brand new studio in California and just kept going. So I've been working hard, working a lot, and yeah, everything's pretty much going smoothly over here at Guilfrey Studios. <laughs> You're living by East Coast time, pretty much, I'm right? living by East Coast time, yeah. My sessions start at 6 a.m. and oh, I oof. go until usually about 3 p.m. here which is 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. New York time. Fun. So, but my kids are little. They wake up at like five in the morning anyway. So by 6 right. a.m. we've already like watched a movie and gone for a <laughs> run or something. <laughs> oh, that's my worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Joey, how about you? Uh, yeah, things have been good. Um, I did not move across the country. In fact, I have barely left my neighborhood. Um, <laughs> uh, in fact, someone uh, just on Sunday said, have you, have you left Manhattan? I was like, no, I've now not even left the Upper West Side, barely. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so, but I've been working, been busy, uh, similar to Karen. Um, things have been going well. Um, uh, Marie and I work on a Blue Wave voiceover together, and that's been uh, a pleasure to work on and build and kind of see some momentum. Uh, what is catch. that? Uh, so it's a, um, Maria says, okay, if I talk about it. Of course. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I figured it would be, but, um, so it's a, a, it's a collective of 20 voiceover actors, um, uh, each one representing, uh, a specific demographic. Um, and we kind of pooled our resources together to market ourselves together to voice specifically for Democrat and progressive candidates and issues in the 2020 election. So we, right. we have, uh, collectively called ourselves blue wave voiceover. Um, love it. Yeah. And it's, it's been really like great to, to work on it, to build it, to kind of, uh, feel like inside baseball with the, how the political, um, uh, you know, advertising scene works and what, what get a little peek behind the curtain every once in a while. Um, and then also just to see the rewards of, you know, searching out, um, prospects and seeing them hire your friends. Um, you know, yeah. not necessarily you, but higher, awesome. higher friends is really, really great. So, um, that's been a delight to focus on during this pandemic, uh, for me at least. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what, a, and in my off time, I've been, uh, knitting <laughs> like crazy <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, walking around in Central Park a lot. That's pretty much what I do every day. It's quiet now, right? As well, because there's fewer people around in Central Park. Right. Um, no, I would say it's, it, there's a lot of people cause, cause in the upper West side, people live here. Right. Whereas like, if you go to Midtown or Chelsea or where people worked like the business district, there is nobody there. Um, but yeah. people live up here. And so the park is actually pretty full pretty much every day that I go. Um, but not unsafely full, like everyone's yeah. very masked and, you know, moving and, you know, spaced out and stuff. So, um, that, that's a little highlight of my day is walking around Central Park. Lovely. It's not a bad thing to do yeah. for your lunch break. Yeah. Um, Maria, what about you? 
I bought a hot tub. <laughs> oh. oh, that's great. Good choice. I took all of the I took all of the refunds I got from trips that I was supposed to take this year. Um, I had a couple booked for pleasure, a couple booked for business, and I took all of the kind of airfare hotel refunds, and I bought a hot tub. Yes. <laughs> wow. um, oh, it's delightful. Smart. Uh, that girl. You know. It's not. It's not an eight seater. You're not invited. It only it's three people. Um, Hard to socially distance in a hot tub. Yeah, you know. I think uh, I'm. I love entertaining, and I love having friends and family over. And I've, you know, wanted to get you know a hot tub or a pool or something for our house. So initially, when I was shopping, I was like, yeah, I want six to eight seats, and those were all like sold out because like every parent and family across America that you know couldn't take trips or whatever has purchased all of the above ground pools, inflatable pools, hot tubs, yeah. like anything. Um, so this was like the last display model that was like available until like another truck came in in September. So I bought a hot tub. Uh, I've been making my way through various recipes and doing lots of quarantine baking. Uh, I've made two types of jam. That was very uh, exciting. <laughs> I'm just, I have no hobbies. I have no hobbies at all. And all of them, all of my actual hobbies involve groups of people and live events. So I can't Aww. go to theater. I can't go to comedy. I can't go to music. I can't go out to dinner. I can't have people at my house. And I've discovered I have no hobbies and I don't like crafting. <laughs> and I am struggling <laughs> I am on the struggle bus. Um, but on the other side, uh, work has been great. I've been very busy. Um, uh, I had a great spot come out where I got to be the announcer voiceover alongside Megan Rapino and Sue Bird from the national oh, soccer yeah. team and the NBA, which was so cool. Yeah. Um, you know, even though we never, obviously never get to interact, never get to meet, they have no idea who I am or I'm participating. I still feel very cool being a co-star among yeah. people that I admire. Um, and like Joey said, we've been working on our political voiceover collective. That's been um, really rewarding. I've been able to live out my fantasy of being a cast member of the West Wing. Um, <laughs> I've been going to like all of these like political consultant happy hours that are all on Zoom now. Wow. And uh, I don't know, it's uh, it's always been something that I've always been super interested in. I don't know that I ever had a desire to work in politics or run for office, but I've had a really fun summer meeting tons of people around the country who work on different types of organizations, campaigns, initiatives, and it's been it's been a nice distraction to like learn something new. I feel like we don't always get to do that in, you know, our business, which, you know, you kind of do the same types of things every day, but I feel like I've actually learned something new. I've learned kind of a new industry and it's been really cool. The, I guess the obvious question is, have you been Zooming from your hot tub? <laughs> uh not not with the populace uh i did facetime a friend from the hot tub and i had one of those like plastic pouches that i bought when i went on my last beach vacation to like protect your phone from the elements yeah did i drop the phone in the hot tub i did <gasps> oh, um no. did it survive it did oh. <laughs> was there a little bit of moisture inside the plastic pack <laughs> there was <laughs> so like maybe two to three stars on amazon on that one uh oh. not necessarily watertight as advertised but um yes i'm keeping i'm keeping the business meetings outside of the hot tub my one-year-old recently threw my phone in the toilet and it did oh. survive but i'm still gonna get a new phone <laughs> <laughs> you just can't do it can't put it up to your face anymore <laughs> i mean it's been disinfected like every day from covid anyway but you know i need a new phone anyway <laughs> All right, on that bombshell, I'm going to bring Rob in because he's just arrived. You joined us a little bit late because you were being a dad. Indeed. Um, how dare how are you? you? How dare I? I know. 
the cheek of it. How dare I give my wife some time to herself? <laughs> <laughs> what have you been up to? How you been? Uh, I've been good. I've been good. Been very busy uh, the last couple weeks up until about today, really. Today was a weird day. I just had auditions and it was like, whoa, it's, it's, it's quiet. It's actually quiet for an hour or so. So that was nice. Uh, it gave me a chance to just kind of breathe a little bit and actually kind of hang out with my girls because uh, usually it's me telling my 14-year-old, did that one eat? Did that one poop? Did you clean that one? Are the dishes done? I'm making lunch real quick. Did you? Did, yeah. So it's it's a lot of like directing uh, and then jumping back into the booth. So it was nice to be like, hey, did they? You know what? I got it. It's cool. So, no, yeah, I nice. feel like I'm not a parent, but I feel like uh, you never knew you had to care about poop so much until you become a parent. Oh, like, yeah. Like, you don't, like, even, you don't even know how much poop I've dealt with just today. <laughs> <laughs> I think the worst is kind of like, oh, she went. You put her down for a nap. Awesome. Wait, did you change her before she went to take her nap? No. Oh, she's gonna pee everywhere. So yeah, it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's a nightmare. That change has to happen, or it's just it's 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 just nuclear fallout when you go back upstairs. It's terrible. Well, speaking of poop. Um... <laughs> Have you been doing much political work, Rob? I have. Because, uh... <laughs> I have. Segway. I love the segue. <laughs> I have. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of a uh, lot of political actually. Um, it was interesting because um, I'm 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 with the uh, Blue Wave voiceover as uh, uh, set up by our wonderful Maria Pendolino, who's on with us right now, uh, as well as Ian. And um, yeah, through there, um, I had never done political voiceover, and then I guess it makes sense because it wasn't really popping at the time which now it is and then when it hit it really hit and that was a ball that just like once it started rolling it was a it was just downhill and uh i had a lot of bookings a lot of back to back and uh what helped too which is you know lucky for me uh a lot of times it was like hey we got these three spots we need you to do uh oh yeah you speak spanish you know what let's just make it six spots it's like oh yeah all right so uh i've been getting a lot of doubling up um, a lot of double up work because of uh, because of the Latin language, which is really nice. If you took political work out of the equation, because obviously this is a, an election year, how has the industry been right now? Because obviously COVID has thrown everyone for a bit of a loop. Has that made up for a drop in other areas or is just that in addition to the regular amount of work that you would have been getting this time of year? I think everything's kind of going back to normal as far as uh, you know, I think people have realized that, OK, we're in this for the long haul. We have to just keep doing what we were doing before this lockdown. And so for me, it's like a, a pretty typical it's been a pretty typical July and August um, with the the amount of commercial work that I've done and explainer videos and everything that's not politicals. Um, yeah, I think I think things are pretty back to normal. What about you guys? Yeah, I would agree. I would say that the political work has just been an added bonus to the regular flow of, of things in summertime. Yeah, it was de- it was definitely an in addition to uh, for me. Um, for uh, I mean, overall, my I've been I've been very fortunate where my business has kind of been going ramping up, kind of year over year. Uh, so this year has actually been a really big year for me um, overall. So it has been busier than normal, but. You know, to to note, I'm also by comparison still fairly fresh compared to 
my, 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 the other comrades on call as well. So <laughs> I'm, def- I'm definitely fresher in that respect in terms of the full-time uh, voiceover. So, you know, full-time, I've probably been doing it about a year and a half. So um, while the rest, I've always been, I've always had a day job to kind of supplement. So it was always like, oh, whatever. So I didn't really start hustling until about a year and a half ago, really. And what's really nice is that um, everything's from home now, so we can squeeze more in. So right. it's, yeah. there's no yeah. going into studios. and Yeah, yeah. which is which is big, too, um, having that home studio set up. I mean, I had a producer today who she dropped a very important email to everybody on her roster. She does a lot of... Um, a lot of children's stuff, like YouTube series, things like that. And uh, she had to let everybody know, listen, you guys all have to step up your game. The The new normal now is that we're going to be operating remotely and your home studio setups have to be on par. You, I, I, I hate to be that person. You need Source Connect standard. You need to have a proper microphone. Don't use this type of microphone. You have to be in some kind of treated space. It can't sound like you're in a kitchen because our, engin- our engineers working overtime trying to fix your mm. audio. Yeah, And it's like, wow, that's wild. This is going to be our main. I didn't actually prep you with this, Rob, but this is going to be our main section today is we're going to be talking about the importance of your home studio uh, and yeah. uh, getting started with your home studio. Yeah, so we're going to get to that a little bit later. Awesome. But um, yeah, Maria, what, what about you? How how's things how's things been outside of the political work? From like March to May, I feel like there were clients that I normally would have heard from for kind of like you know business as usual projects that I didn't hear from at all or as much. Um, I think as everyone was kind of circling their wagons and figuring out what to do remotely and what projects were on hold and stuff. And those first two months of the pandemic were very frenetic from like a commercial audition standpoint, because every brand was trying to get their now more than ever message out that eventually they were going to hire Karen Gilfrey to vote. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not but, lying. You know, but there were She's a lot not of wrong. things that we, <laughs> There were a lot of things that we auditioned for in those two months that never made it to air. You know, they were sending out auditions and auditions were due on Friday night and Saturday night. And there were auditions due on Sunday and session might happen on Saturday and Sunday, which was not traditional for the commercial world. Uh, I feel like it's leveled off. Um, my business has, you know, grown year over year, which is always really exciting to see. Um, you know, when I look at new client acquisition and I look at things like politicals, which obviously ramped up this year, um, I haven't seen a huge drop, though, in my other genres. So, you know, political is the cherry on the top, kind of similar to what Rob was saying. It's great to have it, um, but it doesn't necessarily replace anything else. I still have seen growth in other areas. And as businesses have figured out how they're going to continue to operate in COVID, um, you know, like you were saying, between the sort of March to May period, it was chaos. Right. You know, businesses were just shut down completely. People were at home just like twiddling their thumbs, not knowing what to do. Whereas people are working now, whether or not they're going into the office or whether they're working from home remotely, you know, restaurants are open for takeout or, you know, some, some people are going to sit in. So a lot of the industries where we work, particularly in the commercial world, are back up and running now in some form or another. And everything needs a refresh because things are changing, things are opening up, things are not you know, not the way they used to be. Yes. Can't be in person. Yeah. Like, for for example, all of the back to school messaging that I've done com- commercials for this year is totally different than it's ever mm-hmm. been. Right. It's mm-hmm. and, it, and, and it's all kind of like back to school isn't back to the way things were. But here we have all of these cool things that you can 
get for your kids back to school at Target or whatever. I don't do Target, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, you, they still want you to buy a lunchbox. They still, even if you're yeah. Not sending your kids to school. <laughs> well, no, with a no, lunchbox. no. It's, it's more like, um, you know, we have immunity support products um, and we have like new tablets that you can get for your kids. Mm. Like, don't forget that you can buy a tablet at Walmart, you know, um, or or whatever it happens to be. It's it's definitely geared towards uh, school at home and keeping you healthy and safe as you go back to school versus like, you know, new new clothes for back to school and new backpacks mm-hmm. and new lunch boxes. It's really interesting the way that they are filming commercials now, actually. They're using like actual families in commercials because they can be together in the same space. So you might have a scene Uh, where there's a family eating at a restaurant and a waiter comes up to them and like the waiter is the dad and the family is the mom and two kids (laughs) and they're and they're wearing masks so that they can all be together in the same space. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of interesting things have happened because of COVID in the entertainment industry. All right. So, Corin, you and I. I've got some interesting information to share. Um, We have the Evocation Conference coming up in September. And everyone on this call is going to be a very important part of it. We're very excited. Um, So do you want to explain to our listeners what that is? I'm sure they know about it. but Just in case. Just in case. So the Vocation Conference is a conference that's dedicated to the business side of voiceover. Because being a voice actor is way more than just being an actor. You have to, you know, negotiate contracts and you have to figure out uh, how to audition online and you have to figure out your home studio and you have to figure out these remote connectivity things and how to plan for your future retirement and all that stuff. Um, You're a freelance business. And so Jamie and I decided last year to do the first ever conference dedicated to the business side of voiceover which went off like just wonderfully. We had such a fun time last year in person at Symphony Space. This year, obviously, we can't do it in person. So we're moving it online. And this year it is called Evocation. <laughs> such yep. a great name. <laughs> Thank you to my wife for that Thank suggestion. Thank you to your Kate. wife. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so for, for three days, we're going to be uh, doing online classes and panels and discussions about all things business and voiceover. If you register uh, for a ticket before September 1st, you will get a swag bag in the mail of physical things before the conference starts. After September 1st, it might arrive after the con- conference just because, you know, we got to take time for the post office um if it still exists if it still exists uh, in september (laughs) um yeah and and we just have a lot of really amazing things and all of the other people on this call are speaking at vocation and a part of it in some way including our keynote speaker maria pendolino (laughs) thank you thank you so excited to learn how to deliver a keynote virtually (laughs) <laughs> can you give us a little preview maria uh no <laughs> I've, i have been i've been kind of keeping an eye on all of the different like you know forums and seeing if there's you know themes that are emerging and you know the questions that people are an- uh, asking and uh looking for that uh you know that golden key theme that i can write my uh speech around but uh i i promise i will I promise I will make it a rousing call to action. Well, I have to say, last year, you were absolutely a a rock star at our 
conference. Um, I've said this before, but I was teaching my class while you were teaching your class. And I came in right at the end and it was like like the Who were playing or something. It was, it was nuts. <laughs> like the, the crowd were going crazy. I was like, what the hell That's happened? So Are you going to like stage dive like- off at the end? I did feel like a celebrity at Comic Con at the end of at the end of that presentation. I yes. just didn't have enough didn't have enough time to like get everything in, and there was like a line of fifteen people waiting to ask me follow up questions, and like somebody yelled at someone for cutting in line. I thought really? I was like Mark Hamill or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, we can't we can't wait. Um, and to be honest, we. I think in some respects we've made it a little difficult for ourselves because it is the business side of voiceover, which isn't necessarily the sexiest subject. Um, but the way I look at it is that it's like you go, if you went to a music conference, you wouldn't go to a music conference to learn to play guitar. You'd go there to learn how to put your skills into action. And that's, that's how I view our conference. Um, and what about you, Joey and Rob? You were there last year and you're coming back this year. Yeah. Last year, I was on the Working Pros panel uh, with Maria, and um, this year, I am presenting on something that I kind of touched on on that Working Panels Pro. Like I'd mentioned that I I track a lot of things uh, in my business, Um, and so I I think I'm leaning on this as a title. It's not solidified, but uh, the dollars are in the data is kind of what I'm leaning with. Um, I love it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's just about like, you know, tracking your business and, and really getting to know uh, your business inside and out. Like, uh, Rob, something that I wanted to ask you, and we can do this offline, but you posted something uh, on Facebook a couple of weeks ago or a week, two ago, that just like was the perfect post about someone who tracks things in their business and knows their business really well. Ah, when yeah. you were like, how many, you know, I've done this many jobs and this yeah. many are. Um, I, in fact, I took a screenshot of that and I want to use that in my presentation, (laughs) um, but yeah, so, uh, so basically it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, coming at the business from that point of view of really getting to know the details and the data of, of your business and, and what brings you money and what doesn't and where to spend your time. Love it. Nice. Love it. And Rob, you're on the working pros panel, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's awesome. Flattered. Of course, um, but how could I? How could I say no to 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 do that? Um, yeah, no, it's great. It's it's really cool to be able to uh, say that I've you know to to see both sides of it. You know, as as kind of a guest because I was working the social media stuff, so um, I I was doing a lot of the post for vocation, so I was kind yes. of in the background, but also kind of in the crowd at the same time. Um, but it was cool just to see be able to hear what everybody's talking about in real time just because you guys are all busy kind of doing your thing so it's kind of hard to get you know a beat on what everybody's saying at the moment um so it was actually really cool everybody seemed amazingly um just blown away really at what was being offered how it was being offered um and how jazzed everybody got post basically every panel and or workshop i mean they would leave a workshop and just be like oh my god i know exactly what i'm gonna do for my business <laughs> and that happened almost every single time they would talk to the to the pros they came out oh my god i know exactly what i'm gonna do we're gonna make this happen like everybody was so <laughs> hype after every panel it was insane it was like electric. that's funny because every time i saw you rob you're in the green room hanging out <laughs> Eating the food and drinking, and that's what I do. True. I'm a, I'm a cool guy. What can I say? <laughs> I walk around like I'm a big deal. I'm not. <laughs> Jamie, tell us about what you're going to be presenting at Vocation. 
I'm going to be talking about podcasting. Nice. Um, it's a growing, well, it's been growing for a long time. It had a slow build, but in the last few years, it's exploded in popularity. And obviously it's a little bit meta to talk about podcasting right now. <laughs> We're in a podcast. But, um, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, an amazing place and an amazing space to grow your your brand and your your publicity and um to connect with people in a very personal and intimate way and for people to get to know you um there's a whole area of podcasting that is exploding which is sort of uh fictional uh podcasts as well as educational podcasts um and just you know fun silly like tv show recaps and stuff like that of course the standard podcast fodder but it's it's exploding in so many interesting and different directions so i want to talk about that and how it's a it's a natural place for voice actors to find themselves in we've all got home studios to a greater or lesser extent and we can all get into that space fairly easily there's a very low barrier to entry and like i say it's a great it's a great opportunity uh, for a lot of people to uh put themselves out into the world um so that's what i'm going to be talking about and uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And if you are interested in attending the conference, you can go to vocationconference.com and there are links to tickets there. Woohoo! Yay! That's the end of the vocation section. <laughs> okay, so today we're going to be talking about your home studio. It is absolutely crucial, particularly right now, to have your an ability to record yourself at home. Um, now, do you need to spend $10,000 on a on a booth to get started? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. We'll talk about it. Um, but to get started, I want to find out how everyone on this call first started recording. So, um, Joey, what was your first setup? I mean, I know, actually, I know you started at Edge. Yeah. But what was your first home setup? So like? I kind of, I, I, when people ask me this question, I feel like a big cheater. Um, because edge was my first home set, set, set up. Right. Um, I literally would, you know, would work there, uh, during the day. And then at the end of the work day, would just step into one of our VO booths and audition and record jobs and stuff like that. So, um, so that was my first home experience, quote unquote home experience. But then, you know, when my business got to a level where even if I, uh, left town, you know, I had to record auditions or like, I remember one time my, my parents are, um, retired snowbirds. They live in Illinois in the summer and Florida in the winter. And so I went to go down there to visit them for Christmas. And on the plane, I booked an e-learning gig that they wanted, uh, done before, uh, the new year. And so we literally landed and I turned to my mom and I said, we have to go to Home Depot now. And, um, we bought a bunch of PVC pipe and I like measured it out and made a frame out of the PVC pipe. And we took comforters and, you know, uh, draped them over the frame on a card table. And I had my, you know, my travel mic with me. Um, and so, yeah, at night I would wait for the leaf blowers to turn off and, um, I would, rec I record this like e-learning module, uh, in my parents' condo in Florida. So like, that's, that was kind of my first real like scrap it together kind of home studio setup. Um, but by the time I was ready to leave edge and, and become a talent full time, I knew I needed, um, I was already at a level where a broadcast quality studio, um, was needed and was within my grasp. So, right. uh, so I, I, I left edge and got a studio bricks. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah what about you, Karen? So I started uh, with some IKEA couch pillows. 
um, on top of a desk. Uh, I put down, you know, a, a couple towels on top of the desk. And then the couch pillows were the, the seat pillows. So they were pretty rigid. And I could stack um, three in kind of a box shape and one on the top. And then I took a giant duvet over that and put it over the whole structure and over my head and recorded inside that. And it actually didn't sound too terrible. It was like yeah, totally foamy and insulated. Um, then when I moved to New York, I was already doing enough voiceover that I chose an apartment specifically for the closet. There was a really big walk-in closet in the front of the apartment. So I converted that into a studio with um, uh, foam on all of the walls and on the ceiling and also moving blankets around and uh, foam on the ground even. I used like um, the kind of foam mats that you put like exercise equipment on. Oh, yeah. Which worked pretty nicely. Um, and that studio, I was in that for four years. Um, and I was working around like the occasional pipe noise, the occasional noise from the street. It was definitely not soundproof. It, the occasional noise of people walking in the hallway. Um, and then there was construction on the outside of my building for three months. I worked around it when I could. I would do all my sessions before 8 a.m. and on the construction workers' uh, lunch break from noon to 1 and then after 4 p.m. And if I ever had a directed session that needed me during the day, I went to an outside studio. But that just let me know that I really needed something that was more consistently quiet all the time. And that's when I bought a Studio Bricks booth. But that wasn't until I'd been in voiceover for about six years. Yeah. So. Yeah. What about you, Rob? So I had a uh, <laughs> I had a Samson G Track USB microphone. Uh, if you look it up, it's uh, not a terrible mic, but it was a USB microphone. Plugged it right into my laptop, and um, I didn't know jack about you know uh, ear audio quality. I was so green. God bless my agents um, at the time, because that's how I started. I started with an agent and, um, you know, it was that kind of thing where they were like, all right, cool. You're with us. We're going to start sending you to stuff. So I was spoiled. You know, I went in for auditions. I went in for sessions. So rarely was the time that I was using my mic set up for anything like official. So it was really just auditions. So um, it was that um, and audacity. And that's as good as it got for me starting out. Um, what about it, your space? I, it was on my desk in my little alcove in my apartment in the Bronx. It was no, it was wide open to the world. It was cavernous. Um, it was terrible. Ultimately. I mean, truth be told, it was absolutely trash. Like if I had that now, I would book nothing. Uh, I'm still surprised that I got work just with those auditions, but clearly they heard something. Um, yeah, yeah so I was very, very lucky. And it wasn't until I moved into my house that I finally said, huh, maybe I shouldn't sound like I'm in a cave. And that's when I went the Joey route and I made myself a PVC booth. Uh, I was made myself a nice big five by five, nice and comfy. Uh, had the um, then at that point I had foam. I had the curtains. I had foam on the floor. I covered everything in fleece. I covered my face self in fleece if I could. It was just whatever I could do to get the noise down. And then I was like, wow, this is great. But I'm losing a lot of weight in here, which isn't a bad thing. 
But I think I might be dying. Um, and with also the it's of like heat. a raging fire hazard. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, I'm putting my family at risk. So maybe I should rethink this. So yeah, it was it was around year five that I finally had a, you know, at this at, and at this point, this is when I was kind of looking at my day job like, yeah, maybe I should quit you because I'm doing a lot of voiceover work right now. Um, and then, um, yeah, I broke up with my day job girlfriend. Um, so my day job was gone. I bought myself a booth and I said, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to make this happen. Let's see what happens. And um, so now I have a proper booth. Um, and since then, I've been building little by little, got a new interface. I got a new mic. It's, you know, it's I mean, this is like a six, six, seven year process. You know, uh, even then, I, I don't know if even now I can say I'm comfortably done. I, th I feel like I still want more. Oh, you'll never be done. I know. I know. And it sucks because it's that, you know, weird guy tech thing that we have in our head where it's kind of like, oh, look, it's something new. I don't need it, but I have money. So I'm going to spend it because I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's kind of how I feel always. So I'll, 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 I'll show you when I get my new booth because that's what's probably going to happen. Right. <laughs> and what about you, Maria? It was quite a fun story we had last time, but let's, uh, let's hear the recap. Yeah, so uh, my story starts out similar to Rob's. Um, for the first two years of my voiceover career, I um, was represented by a top agent in New York, and my life was you know, going around to different casting directors' offices to audition um, and then reporting to the studio that you were booked in. Um, but I was hungry and I wanted to do more. So, you know, I looked into online casting and I looked into, you know, making demos for the more industrial stuff like e-learning and telephony and corporate narration. Um, and I started to kind of more aggressively audition um, on Voice123 uh, originally for jobs. I would uh, I was using an uh, Audio-Technica AT2020 USB mic at the time. I would put it on my bed um, and I would build myself like a little pillow and blanket fort around it. I would do the audition and then in my like cover note on the audition, I would say, uh, you know, hello, I recorded this audition at home. Um, if I am booked for this job, I have a, um, you know, I have access to a professional studio. Um, a friend of mine had a recording studio that he did kind of music projects out of that was um, in one of the arts buildings uh, between uh, 8th and 9th on 43rd. And I would, you know, if I booked a job, I would send him a note and he would let me book like a half an hour of studio time. So I would like pack up, you know, all of my stuff and I would record in his space. And, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. And like one day I got an email from a client from an audition that I had done on Voice123 and they were like, we need you to do this job now. And I didn't have enough time to get from you know, my apartment to his space. I didn't know if it was available, whatever. And I just literally like looked at my tiny, tiny square closet in Queens. And I was like, today's the day. And I just ripped, <laughs> I ripped all of the clothes out. I um, like thumbtacked blankets around the edges. Um, I like jammed a music stand in there. I stole the toilet rug, the rug that goes around the toilet from my bathroom. And I put that over the hardwood floor. And uh, from then on out, I was recording at home. Nice. Um, I eventually upgraded to sassy uh, mattress, egg foam mattress pads from Bed Bath & Beyond, $14.99 uh, a piece. Just coated that. Um, and then I left New York in 2014 and I moved into another kind of pre-war flat in Buffalo that had another similar like square closet, one that wasn't a walk-in closet, but square i could get in shut the door it was a solid solid wood door so i just covered that thing in um foam and blankets and stuff and worked in there 
And then uh, when I bought my house in 2017 on the television show House Hunters on HGTV. <laughs> yes, that was one of the uh, plot points is you were looking yeah. for either a closet or a place to put a booth. Yes, that's right. Uh, <laughs> I ended up buying a Studio Bricks. So uh, I was also year year seven. I upgraded from janky studio to uh, booth studio. It's funny. Every place I ever looked at in New York, all I cared about was, does it, does it have a walk-in closet or a space for a booth? <laughs> That's all I cared about. I'd move anywhere. Didn't, didn't matter as long as yeah. it had that feature. Um, I started in the tiniest room because we lived in a tiny, tiny room. My wife and I, we moved into this room in an apartment and uh, it was full of all of our stuff. We slept on a futon. It was a great little booth, actually, to be in the room that we lived in. So I just have to boot my wife out. She went for a walk while I did a voiceover and uh, managed to make that work for, for quite a long time. She went for a lot of walks. Yeah. yeah she, <laughs> not at the time, unfortunately. <laughs> it was very infrequent walks, sadly. A um, lot of auditions, I guess. But um, the point that I think everyone should take from this is none of us started with a ludicrous expensive setup that cost us tens of thousands of dollars um and karen this was very much motivated by your post grow as you go which you posted the other day so what was your motivation for posting that and do you want to give a brief breakdown of yeah what, what i you mean i've seen a lot of people and uh, you know i have to give the the caveat that it, it is different in covid times when everything is recorded from home mm. you should try to make your setup as professional as it can possibly sound with the budget that you have. And I will say that there is no substitute for getting a set of professional ears on your sound files. Yeah. I mean, even if it's someone who's like doing very well in voiceover, who you don't have the money to spend, you know, to get a, a super pro to evaluate, but at least you have a friend who's doing very well in voiceover who knows what professional audio files should sound like, who can listen um, and and at least give you some a little bit of feedback um, in that regard. But but ideally you would contact, you know, a professional audio engineer, someone who works in voiceover who can just listen to your home studio sound and give you some tips on what you should do. Um, it does not have to be expensive. Uh, a lot of these things like acoustic foam and blankets are not that expensive. And you can make a really great sounding home studio with just those things. A, a great space can make a subpar microphone sound a lot better. And a bad space can make a really fancy microphone sound like crap. So you're you're, here. So yes. Yeah, so yep. get your space Definitely. set up so that it sounds as professional as possible. It doesn't have to be soundproof, but it does have to be sound treated. You can always re-record if you hear a dog barking, but you can't fix a bad audio file because your your booth itself is just bad. So let's cover some real fundamentals right now. There is two fundamental considerations that you have to have when setting up your home studio. And Karen, you just talked about it there. There's insulation and isolation from outside sounds and there's how that sound moves within the space those are two very different things and and you work on them in different ways how you treat the sound within the space to make it sound good doesn't have to be expensive at all what is difficult is if you have to isolate yourself from external sound sources like a dog barking like a 
a train going past your your you know your home those things are very very difficult to isolate yourself from and can prove to be very expensive to do that and in some circumstances it's not really possible even if you spent ten thousand dollars on a booth if you're living next to a train track that train is going to come through if the helicopter's flying by if there's you know any number of things that create that high energy sound it is going to come into your space so there is no magic bullet solution to that but if you're able to be flexible with your time if you learn when those sounds occur you could potentially work around that so just to uh, buttress Curran's point about the importance of the space, that is the most important element is to get the space right. And the microphone choice, the interface is so far down the list of priorities. <laughs> um, it will add five or 10% to your overall sound by spending an extra few hundred dollars on a microphone. But improving your space will vastly improve the quality of your your voiceover recording so if you're going to spend your money 80 percent, i would say to start off with should go on the space and optimizing the space and then the remainder you can buy what you can afford of the best quality so we mentioned booths and uh the expensive options now this has come up recently i've seen that people have spent a lot of money on booths before they even really knew that they needed them maybe they're not booking a ton of work yet when is the right time to dump a ton of money into your voiceover career um so for me i i needed consistent silence because i was booking jobs that required a directed live session several times a day or I, I guess I should say several times a week would be would be the right because sometimes it's several times a day, sometimes it's several times a week. Um, but I needed consistent silence. I had one little baby and another baby on the way when we bought our booth, and I just needed something so that I could block out the sounds of their crazy babyness and <laughs> Elmo and Dora. Um, <laughs> uh, so that was my and and also. Like I mentioned before, I was in a closet that had pipe noise and people walking through the halls. I can't really tell a, a very high level client recording me for a national TV commercial. Oh, hold on one second. I think the people um, in the apartment next to me just flushed the toilet. We need to just hold for a second. Hold, yeah. hold. Oh, they're going to the bathroom again. Oh, now they're taking a shower. Hold. Right. Like I can't do that. I needed consistent silence because I was booking work at that level. So that's when I dumped a bunch of money into a booth. Yeah. Yeah, my story is like the same. Is as soon as you no longer have control over the scheduling of your sessions, that's when you need a booth. When you are booking the kind of work where you are being asked to hold, you know, three to four hours for a session because you're going to have an advertising agency, an engineer, and they're going to be mixing live to picture uh, with you on the line and be sending for client approvals and all of that. And you kind of are uh, you know, on for, you know, three to four hours during prime daytime hours and you don't have the control of scheduling um, the way you do perhaps with, you know, industrial projects or things that you're booking through online casting. You know, in the first couple of years of my career, I never had a directed session that wasn't in a studio that I reported to. Any of the work that same, I booked on my own, whether it was like a phone system, an explainer video, e-learning, it was just like, here's the script, here's the budget, we need it in two days, five days, a week, whatever it was. And then it was up to me to schedule whenever I was recording. As soon as you get to the point in your career where you have, um, you know, you've upped your representation level, you're being sent auditions for major projects that involve that live directed session, whether it's, 
on Zoom or Source Connect or whatever the connection option is, but you no longer have the power to choose the time that the session happens, that is a great indicator that you need something that is more consistent like a booth. Yeah. In fact, when I was first starting out on uh, the pay to plays on voice one, two, three and stuff, if, if, if a job said it needed phone patch or connectivity, I wouldn't audition for it. Um, because, uh, I felt like I was, I wasn't ready for that yet, (laughs) you know? Um, and it wasn't until, um, outside of, you know, my own business, I was booking jobs like that either through studios or, or other things where I, kind of saw how that went down, how a phone patch worked, how, and then I thought, oh, okay, yeah, I, I can do this now. And so then I would start auditioning for those kinds of, of jobs as well. So I, I too, uh, you know, it was hardly, hardly a directed session when I was first starting out and then just, you know, bit by bit, slowly, but surely, uh, more came into the picture. And then, uh, and thankfully I, I worked at a voiceover studio and had flexibility so that I could, you know, step away from my desk. If, if, if a client said, Hey, we need a, a, a job. Can we hold you from two to four? And then I would, you know, check a schedule and see if that was available. And, and that was kind of also a clue of like, not only, um, I need my own booth, but I think I'm ready to step away from that day job. Uh, so it was kind of an indicator of, of both things for me as well. Yeah. What about you, Rob? A little different. Um, I didn't buy it because I actually needed it. Um, Interestingly enough, I I could have still rocked the PVC booth quite well um, because I didn't do a lot from home, actually. Uh, I was going into the studio almost four, uh, maybe five times a week uh, to record stuff. I do a lot of audio descriptions pretty regularly. Um, uh, JP Morgan is one of my bigger clients that I do a lot of audio descriptions for. Uh, so I'm, I, I'm usually getting booked by them anywhere between three to five times a week. So I was always in the city. Uh, so if I had to record, I had many a studio at my disposal that I didn't, you know, didn't have to be my own, but, um, I was doing very well. I was still doing my day job. So I had a massive surplus where spending five on a booth didn't, I didn't feel that. So I said, you know what? Um, It's something I've wanted. You know, it was again, me just spoiling myself. Really. I was like, I don't need it, but you know, it's better than a PVC booth. So let me just get it. Um, I got it delivered this past November. Wow. Timing. Yeah. So it's really weird because every time I've upgraded something in my booth, my business has changed Mm. to some capacity. Um, So it was really weird at the fact that I got my booth and sure enough, no less than four months later, I absolutely needed my booth. Well, that's a good segue here. Are these rules different now or in COVID times? Yeah, I really do think so. And my my heart goes out to like a lot of the people that... um, you know, are, are you like similar to how Rob was, you know, was used to going in for auditions and used to reporting to studios and weren't prepared, um, with a home studio setup and are either now trying to figure it out or are, aren't in a living situation where they can figure it out. Right. Like it's just not going to happen. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, I think, I think COVID really, uh, through, those those people a curveball on this for sure and um uh and those of us that had home studio setups already going um i think are really thankful we did mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, some genres have always been work from home, the more corporate right. narration, explainers, all those kind of things. But yeah, if you're if you want to do commercials, um, I've done a ton more video games recently, and even the high profile stuff is now recording from home, yeah. um, which never would have happened in the right. past. They're they're so yeah. particular about their recording. Um, it's funny you bring that up, yeah. Jamie, because I I only ever did one video game um, when things were at normal. And since this has happened literally two weeks ago, I did four video games back to back in a <laughs> wow. while. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, the great thing is now you're not geographically limited with, with certain genres. Yeah. Um, video games in particular. I, I want to say, too, it's important not to overstate your capabilities. Yes. Um, uh, That's a big because one. Because I, I see a lot of people who are used to going to in-person auditions and they're just buying Source Connect. Um, oh, yeah. And... Mm. And Source Connect, for those who don't know, is a program that connects you to a studio and the studio is recording you remotely. All you have to do is talk into the microphone on your end and record a backup as a courtesy in case anything weird happens. But um, a lot of auditions are requiring actors to have Source Connect in order to even audition. And so people are just buying it without having a home studio that is broadcast quality to, you know, support that Source Connect session. Um, I In the first month of COVID, I was recast in two commercials because the original two actors who were hired for the commercials overstated their studio capabilities. And the, mm. and the um, producers of the commercial, they knew they'd worked with me from home before. And they were like, can you just do this really fast? This girl didn't have what we needed. Her sound files were really bad. We need to redo it immediately. And I was ready with my home studio. You do not want to be that person who says that you have a professional booth in Source Connect and you really don't. And then you make your agent look bad. You make them mad at you. It's not a good situation to be in. So don't overstate your capabilities either. And I think you can you can see you see the the response from the casting directors because all now so many uh, breakdowns that come out have like big bold paragraphs about mm -hmm. how you need a broadcast quality home studio. Like you know they really mean it now. <laughs> so. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I've done two test sessions just this week. Yeah. with engineers oh yeah. I, have to do sessions. A, I have to do yeah. a source connect test mm -hmm. session before every single session now yeah yeah because they're just yep. even even yeah. if it's people i've worked with before because sometimes the engineers are working from home too and they haven't quite figured out all the tech on their side either but it's been mm -hmm. a lot of tests to make sure that it's okay <laughs> and with something like source connect or iptl or one of those other high quality services just to make it clear the other end is hearing your microphone in pristine quality. So any problems in your booth, any acoustic problems, any interruptions, you know, your neighbor blasting the TV, they're gonna hear on their end. <laughs> so you can't mm -hmm. apply noise reduction, you can't process it, you can't chop out the, the, the bad noise that you can hear in the background. They're hearing it raw. Yeah, no RX-7 to the save the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. So uh, so that's that's why, you know, those things are important. But uh, but you don't have to do commercials. You don't have to do right. these genres that, yeah, right. you don't yeah. have to do these genres that require directed sessions. Explainer videos on hold systems, e-learning, mm -hmm. um, you know, audiobooks are genres that you don't have to do in a directed session. So if you have the occasional dog barking or whatever you can as long as you have control over your recording software in your booth or you don't mind you know retaking again and again you you can work around that 
it's when you do these directed sessions that you really have to have no interruptions. Otherwise, you look yeah. dumb. Yeah, absolutely. And there are some things that if you can't work around them, you're going to have to work out creative solutions, <laughs> you know, like getting to know your neighbors, for example, <laughs> you know, um, figuring out their schedule and, and working around that. If there's a construction crew on your block, uh, just donuts and the foreman, you know, can it can go a long way. <laughs> I, I had this, this similar situation with Karin with uh, a construction crew on the exterior of my building for six months. Oh. And uh, I befriended the foreman so much so that if I had a session during the day, I would just text him and he would have them stop drilling wow. for like half an hour and then, then they could go back to work. Uh, he was very nice to me and very accommodating, uh, but it's because I brought them lots of baked goods. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ken Foster um, emailed me today and I can't read you his email because it's riddled with expletives, but... Um, <laughs> it sounds like Ken. <laughs> sounds like Ken. It's something as innocuous as he installed a new AC unit. Uh, a HVAC mm. system in his house and now his noise, fl noise floor went up um, so wow. stuff like that so you know there's a lot you can do you can play with mic placement and maybe if you've got a constant noise like that maybe you can move the mic a little bit closer than you otherwise would have done and then you can turn the gain down and you can speak a bit louder um, there's, there's a lot of stuff that you can do but to Karin's point earlier have someone professional listen to your audio because Coming back to even if you're just starting out, there might be some small things that you can do to make that acoustic environment sound that much better. And then all your non-directed sessions like explainer videos and e-learning, corporate narration, all that kind of stuff will just sound great. It doesn't matter. You know, you can just sort of work around it. So um, to wrap up, what are your guys' best suggestions for how to cope in the next couple of months, coming months for the rest of the year, however long COVID lasts? Are you hopeful that uh, that everything will get back to some form of normal over the next few months? I'm, I'm interested to see how COVID permanently changes our industry, because I think it will. Um, it's uh, I had an engineer on the other day. I, I was asking him, I'm like, so do you think you think we'll ever go back? And he goes, honestly, it's working too well this mm -hmm. way. Um, wow. And he was right, <laughs> you know, or I think he's right. It's working too well for us to go back, I think. Um, to the way it was. We may go back to in some form, but um, so I'm, I'm interested to see what that looks like. Uh, but I'm actually very hopeful for voiceover. I mean, there's still a ton of work to be had. Um, and I think if, if you find yourself in that situation where, um, you know, you're, you're a voice actor who is used to doing a ton of commercial work, but now you live in a situation where you can't have a broadcast quality home studio, you know, uh, just adjust, flex, and and start e-learning, start audiobooks, start corporate narration, the things that you still have the skills, you still have the, you know, you're still very castable. Um, now just change the, the medium that you work in or the genres that you work in. Um, so yeah, just do your best to adjust and flex and then slowly, you know, figure out whatever the next step might be for your, your broadcast quality setup. But um, but man, the pan pandemic, in my opinion, did not slow voiceover down one iota. And uh, so there's still still plenty of, of work to be had. Yeah. And those pivots happen in your career anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah. They happen regardless of yeah. uh, pandemics or no pandemic. Cool. I'm going to go last. All right. Karen, did you say something? I want to go last. 
Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll go um, I, similar to Joey, you know, I think that, you know, I've had experiences with engineers and producers, and perhaps it would have been an opportunity that I potentially could have been geographically limited from, despite mm. the fact that I have major market representation. Um, you know, prior to the pandemic, you know, we would see breakdowns that said, you know, New York talent only, L.A. talent only, especially for certain genres. Jamie, you were talking about video games. Animation has always been very um, geographically centric. Yeah. Um, so I, for one, am hopeful that, um, you know, post pandemic, there is a recognition of the quality of talent that exists outside of major metropolitan areas. And perhaps those opportunities can still be afforded to people um, who aren't in New York or L.A. or major centers. Um, but we're seeing a huge shift in commercial and office real estate, not only, you know, in, in our industry and things like studio footprints, but, you know, we've got corporations giving up corporate headquarters and saying that, you know, they're going to move to a work from home permanently or a flexible, you know, hoteling situation. They're no longer going to pay for Manhattan real estate, you know, one cubicle per person. So, you know, I think there's a huge opportunity for some of the people that we work with, like studios, to not have to pay rent and overhead on, you know, the number of studios and booths that they've had to maintain and perhaps move to something that is more conducive for just what the engineers need to be able to do their work. Because there were, we, we still need the engineers 100%. Their, their jobs have not changed, but they don't necessarily physically need a booth for every voice actor that they're going to work with that day to be, you know, real estate in New York City or in Los Angeles. Um, so I think as as that changes, as the commercial real estate um, market changes, I think that will be interesting. But industries across across the spectrum are finding out that the, there is an opportunity to work with people and be geographically agnostic. They no longer have to focus on filling a specific role from only the talent pool that can drive to their office. Um, so I think that's interesting how it's affecting, you know, the entire world, the entire economy, but also, you know, our little microcosm, our little niche of it. But, you know, I think there's more work than ever. There's more advertising than ever, whether that's commercial advertising or business to business advertising. There's more online courses, e-learning and content for that. Um, there's more interactive systems and smart speakers and all of these things that are voice forward. Everything right now is very voice forward, voice driven, voice activated. And that just means more and more work for us. So, um, you know, if you are finding yourself with less work right now because you were a studio talent and you're impacted about by the amount of work you can do, this is a great time to pick up another genre. You can be grabbing scripts, you know, off of the Internet. You can be listening to other people's demos in different genres. Um, you could be making a pivot, making practice. Um, Karin, you were talking in our group, you know, if you don't have the money to record a demo yet and you're not ready for a demo, you could be recording clips take the time to record a 15 second script or a 30 second script in a different genre, listen to yourself, send it to a friend. Um, you know, now is a great time to be expanding your purview of what your voiceover career could be. I don't want to go down a rabbit hole here, but very quickly, um, obviously there is this huge opportunity for work right now, but is there a huge influx of new people wanting to get into voiceover because it is an industry that hasn't been so affected. So you know, is the pool getting bigger, but are, are the fish increasing too? I think it's both. Um, there's definitely more people than ever trying. Uh, you know, the entire the entire acting community was completely upended by COVID-19. Broadway has yeah. been shut down for months. It will continue to be shut down. And there are very talented actors who perhaps were day players in our industry 
many of them had commercial representation and voiceover representation, but didn't think of themselves as a voice actor first. So I know a lot of people like that are, you know, hoping or trying to pivot um, and seeing if they can create a home studio. Can they jump into it? But as you've heard from all of our stories, you know, being a full time voice actor was not something that happened in year one, year two, year three overnight. Um, So I feel like even if there are more people entering, there are people who will um, get better at their craft and persist and potentially will build a business that they that can either supplement their income or they can pivot to. Um, but I think a lot of people will try it, realize that one online membership and, um, you know, a well-treated closet doesn't necessarily generate an income that you can live off of immediately. And I think we'll see some attrition from there. But, you know, with the numbers of people that are joining online casting platforms and putting themselves out there, they're are still numerous jobs being posted. Great. As we build up to Karen's big finale, Rob. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's 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 funny. I I don't want to I don't want to be the, the the grim one. Do it. But um, you know, it, it, <laughs> yeah. I mean, somebody somebody's gotta. But with you know, with everything that's happened and with the amount of new people coming in, um, there's a lot of things that act voice actors have to be absolutely one hundred percent self aware of. One thing, there's a lot of people claiming to be coaches that are coming mm-hmm. out here and they are offering the keys to a kingdom that they themselves aren't mm-hmm. even a part of. And they are saying they are saying that they can show you how to get a full time uh, career out of doing Ugh. this. And that is absolutely not true. Don't get me started, Rob. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. That's like a whole other podcast in and of itself. But there's a lot of people that are that 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 are that are going this route and this is how they're selling themselves whether they're coaches or qualified to be a coach or whatever I don't know I've never I've never been with these people I've never I don't know what they're about I don't know much about their careers but the fact that they're already just starting their pitches by offering that is frightening absolute red flag right yeah. off top there's a lot of people that are doing that there's people that are, aren't even you know completely full time that aren't even marketing themselves as coaches that are coaching anyway um they're coaching other people on what they do to make the you know 20 grand they make a year that's not a full time amount of money that's not what that is it's good side money it's great pocket money but that's not a career building that's not career building and money and that is almost 3 times as much as i made in my first year in voiceover <laughs> 20 yeah. grand exactly <laughs> yeah you can't so it's make like that in your first year you really yeah. can't no way no way i mean it's 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 hard it's hard and the thing is uh, you know that's not what's being said and i get it you don't want to freak people out and scare them away but at the same time you got to keep it 100 you got you have to keep it real anybody who's worth their salt in this game has been doing it for a long time and the only reason they've been doing it this long is because they knew it's a long game and they played the long game they built themselves up accordingly, and then they kept going. They weren't looking for shortcuts. None of us looked for shortcuts. We can all say that confidently that are at least here in this podcast. None of us look because for shortcuts. Because shortcuts don't exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't <laughs> exist. It's, it's, it's not real. They're not yeah. real. You know what I mean? They're not real. People sell them, and they're not real. So be careful with those. Another thing to be self-aware of is just yourself. You will absolutely drive yourself insane. Why is this person getting more auditions than I am? Why is this person in my own agency getting that audition when I didn't? Why this person booked so much? They have a PVC booth. I have a PVC booth. How come theirs sounds so much better than mine? There's nobody ever gives the full lowdown of their situation. 
They'll give you the highlights, but they will never give you the full lowdown. So perfect example, I had a PVC pipe, I, uh, a PVC pipe booth. I said I didn't need to upgrade it. I upgraded because I felt like it. To note, I live in the suburbs of Long Island in my own office. I have an office that is mine, my own space where I record. I'm in the back of the house. I have no basement, nor do I have an upstairs on top of me. It's literally a secluded piece of land of four walls that I record in. That's a huge factor in terms of a sound isolation. Yeah. I have no construction around me. The most that I deal with is the occasional lawnmower, and I'm away from the main street. I am in a very quiet location in my house and in my neighborhood. So that's the full lowdown. That's why my PVC booth probably sounds better than somebody else's PVC booth. Right. So you have to be able to know that just because somebody's X may be better than you or different than yours doesn't necessarily mean that it's better than yours. It, it, you may not know the full scoop. You have to be self-aware of your own situation. You have to be able to, you know, gauge it appropriately and not drive yourself nuts thinking that you are so much worse than everybody else. You have to be confident in yourself. You have to build yourself up. Worry about you. Stop worrying about everybody else. When you worry about everybody else, you forget about you, and then you start to wonder, why am I not doing anything? That's because you're sweating everybody else. Stop sweating everybody else and work on your own business. You can't see this, but I'm nodding enthusiastically. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Karen. <laughs> All right. Take it home. So I, it home. Think, so I think that the best way that you can kind of take the temperature of the industry during the COVID-19 lockdown and and really get in touch with what is happening right now and the steps that you need to take for your business and yourself is to go to voiceover conferences where there are other voice actors who are boots on the ground doing it right now. And I know that I'm biased, but vocation is seriously one of the best investments that you can make for your career because you will be with other voice actors who are doing it right now in this moment. Not someone who had a career 15 years ago and knows yeah. old information. Not someone who, you know, is is brand new and building themselves and you're going to take advice from your friend who just started in voiceover. This, these are working pros in the industry right now. And it's all about how to build your business, not performance business. And I think that's just the wisest choice for people. Sorry that mm -hmm. I'm biased, but <laughs> vocationconference.com. <laughs> Vocationconference.com. <laughs> and we'll end it right there. All right. Thanks, guys. That was fun. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Many thanks to Patreon super member and voice actor Angus McLeod.